This is a warning. This podcast is not suitable to be listened to around kids and probably not even out loud at the office. We cuss a lot, we drink during the recording, and we touch on some very adult subjects. We recommend listening when the kids aren't around or when you have headphones. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have you ever wandered into a graveyard with your friends at dusk? Have you ever taken a hike in the corn and it just went a little bit too far? Do you remember that house down the street that people were going into but never coming out? Two born and raised Midwestern Scorpios take you on a journey of actual true crime cases that tantalize your taste buds but still leave you wanting more. Murder, deception, manipulation. We have questions that need answers. What goes on inside a serial killer's mind? How did they get sucked into that cult? Join us every Tuesday to get your serving of spooky, scary, true crime. Always remember the code of the Midwest. Don't talk to strangers. Don't go anywhere alone. And lock your damn doors. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Hi, this is Jen, and this is the Let's Chat Paranormal Podcast. I'm here with Eric and Jesse. Say hi, guys. What's going on? I refuse to say hello, no. Wait, did I introduce myself as Zach or Jen? (laughs) Fuck, that was Zach. By the way, thank you, Zach Bagans, for making your appearance here but you can go back to las vegas you can go wait in the room thanks <laughs> anyways uh this is the let's chat paranormal podcast and it's the april fool's episode did i fool Ooh. you <laughs> that's what that was you it you was, didn't get it uh no oh fuck that was my whole that well was... uh, i mean then it must have been a great impression man yeah, i really uh, she's like the, i practice in the shower the, thes- <laughs> the thespian of our lifetime right here <laughs> oh my god yeah. I, I felt like he was right next to me how he about was, that he, he was, was man i i was fooled yeah i know you were <laughs> anywho's <laughs> thanks for joining in like i said this is going to be our april fools episode premiering april 1st but anywho's uh, before we get into everything, uh, let's share you where you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are Let's Chat Paranormal. If you want to be on the show, you can send in your stories to Let's Chat Paranormal at gmail.com. I also have a small flea market stand at Alamo Marketplace where you can go and share your stories in person with our little recorder and we'll play it on the episode if that's easier for you. Yeah. I'm drinking water right now. <laughs> Fooled you. Oh, so like looking at your beard. She's like, wait, no, I? I am the most gullible person. <laughs> well, this is good because I hope I hope you can get into character for my portion of this. And I don't gotta get into character. 
<laughs> Anywho, I, I do want to say though that uh, I am really enjoying this for everybody, uh, not just you and Jesse mm-hmm. and uh, the audience, but like especially for myself because this is like awoken a creative side of, on of me. <laughs> I am really enjoying writing some of the things that I I am when when I get the opportunity to. So well, that's hope, great. Yeah, I hope you like my portion. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay, so this is gonna be our April Fool's episode. So we have some really good stories to share with you. I'm very excited. But before we do, creepy updates. Anybody? Uh, nothing out of the usual for myself. Uh, the other day, I thought I was going to walk into Logan, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I did see a shadow in the hallway, but uh, it was nothing. So I couldn't say that that was creepy uh-huh. or not. Because like all my instincts said that there was somebody standing there. Mm-hmm. Or I thought it was Logan because the shadow looked like a child. Yeah. Right? And uh, again, right? Like, you, you know when you're going to bump into somebody, right? Yeah. Like, all your senses say, like, okay, watch out. Yeah. Yeah, I walked down the hall and there was no one there. Like, when I got to the shadow, there was nothing there. So, mm-hmm. but then again, like I said, uh, you know, we, we have lights on all around the house. So, it could have been anything. Hmm. I am getting old. Hmm. This is true. <laughs> Jesus, what about you? Uh, I wouldn't say too much of a creepy update as much as a. I had a really weird dream that I haven't had in a long time. So I swear like, to God, if it's the late the the person in our room, no, no, okay. it, uh, yeah, it was like in like a weird type of. I guess I want to say like like we're at a botanica, but we'll, I'll make it more like New Orleansy style. And I was kind of like rummaging through stuff, and I was like, huh. And there's one guy with a Cuban cigar kind of like blow smoke my way. And he doesn't say anything, but he's just looking at me. And his eyes look like that uh, grayish brown kind of like cataracty stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like he's, yeah. And he kind of just smiles and like he opens a cigarette box and he hands me one. And like every time I'm going to light it, like, like <laughs> literally it's dark. Uh, uh, Face appears and just goes, oh, oh. Shit. and I'm like, God damn it! And I really, because he's telling me he's like, it's so good. Like he's telling me it's good, it's very good, and like just keeps blowing smoke. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm trying to fucking light it, but then I would light a cigarette and it go, and I was like, uh, so I woke up to that frustration. <laughs> it was just sound blowing in your face. Yeah, <laughs> our my our dog like just <laughs> whispering, breathing on you. <laughs> Well, I, or was that it on your creepy update? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay, so I have a creepy update. I have two creepy updates. One of them just literally happened a couple minutes ago. Uh, So it is tradition for Eric and Jesse to go smoke a cigarette outside. And normally, like, I just stay inside and do whatever, play around on my phone. Today, I I just happened to be drawing on my iPad. And so I just keep the headphones on just because I'm dumb and whatever (laughs) but while I'm sitting here like I start noticing like if if somebody were breathing on the microphones it sounds like and you didn't you didn't mimic it for us a a second ago and so like and of course I'm flipping out and I'm I'm, spooked and poop yeah is exact (laughs) and so uh I'm looking at the camera look and I'm looking at them outside smoking and I'm like, please hurry the fuck up. Like, I don't know what to do because I'm just staring at their empty chairs. Like, because uh, like I usually sit in the middle 
And I'm like, well, which chair is it? Where who's where's our ghosty friend at? <laughs> and so they come in and I ask Eric immediately, like, if the the microphone was still recording and it it wasn't. So we didn't get that, but it was very weird. And my second creepy update was I've been seeing like out of the corner of my eye, it's not Sal because but like I see like somebody like his size Ooh. like or something his size like darting okay. Okay. darting around, but it's like a white figure or shadow or like a white something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I think like the most I've caught was when like I was right here at the fridge, I had opened it and I was closing it. When I closed it, like, you know, like you just happen to be looking forward. Yeah. And yeah. like it seemed like there was like a flash like like into the hallway and i was like i'm not even gonna fucking try to figure that out <laughs> like i'm because i was having to fucking empty out our fridge because we lost power during the day and so i was like more concerned with that i was like i don't have time for this like i'm too pissed off right now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally understandable yeah so that those were my creepy updates it was Ooh, very nice. weird yeah nice nice but yep that that's all i have today well, I wish my wife breathed like that when she saw me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Instead, she does the whole flashing out of the corner of my eyes. She just runs away. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for doppelganger, Mommy. Oh, can't my God. Her she heard about you. Yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> like, I'm going to move out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go into that house, guys. <laughs> Creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is that it for our creepy updates? Yeah. Unless right. unless Mr. Baggins in the other room has, uh, you know, anything. Mm, no, I think he went. I think he already went back to Las Vegas. Sorry. That fast. That fast. Wow. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> can't with you. <laughs> Anyways. All right, guys. Well, uh, sit back and relax and let us uh, get you spooked and pooped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today I am talking about the Fiji mermaid. Do you know what that is? (laughs) No. Oh, this is going to be delightful. Yeah, so I asked you uh, earlier, like, what you were doing, and you mentioned it, and I got it confused with, do you remember, like, in the, oh, my God, was it the mid-2000s, like, the 2010s, where Nat Geo was doing the possible mermaid? I almost covered that. I'm not even joking. (laughs) Like, I was like, well, I never even watched, like, one of the original episodes, and I wanted, uh, maybe next year I'll cover that, but. That I literally almost covered. The, <laughs> I think it was actually Animal Planet. Was it Animal Planet? Yeah, that released those like mockumentaries of <laughs> mer people. So, or maybe I, maybe it wasn't Animal Planet. I don't remember. Yeah. But, Didn't you used to draw like your boyfriend's as mermaids or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's from that cartoon that oh, just came out right. turning red. Confusing <laughs> a fictional character with my own girlfriend. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> That is the living embodiment of my sister on screen. <laughs> I know. As soon as like she was like aggressively playing flute, I was just like 
flashing back to first chair clarinet Jen in the seventh grade. We're like, look at me go up these two octaves. She does blow a mean flute. <laughs> I played clarinet. Anyways. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> didn't get the joke. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sir. <Damn it>. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. I just picture you the mom from uh oh my god, what is it? Uh the burn book. Uh what it was. Oh, the I'm a cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Fuller. Yeah, that's me. That is me from Mean Girls. There you go, Mean Girls. <laughs> um anywho's no, I'm more like Bevy from what is it, babe? The Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Uh, Bob's Burger. What? What's her oh, name with the glasses? Um, when when you cut your hair, I was like, it's her. Oh, Tina. Yeah, it's her. <laughs> I'm not Tina. <laughs> when she asked for the cut, they're like, "What do you want?" And she literally was like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. She showed her a picture, and they were like, "Ask no more, fam." Yeah. Anyways, okay. Say less, fam. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So let's talk about the Fiji mermaid. Yeah. So, in the 1840s, P.T. Barnum displayed what today is known as the Fiji Mermaid, not spelled F-I-J-I, but F-E-E-J-E-E. That's very important for some reason. Uh, and I am very surprised that we're going with, uh, you know, P.T. Barnum, because I remember when that movie came out, right? And everybody, uh, The Greatest Showman. Oh, I've never seen it. With uh, Jackman, right? Yeah, Hugh Jackman. And, they, you know, people were praising it being a good movie. And I remember specifically during that time, like a multitude multitude of podcasts were actually putting out episodes saying like, wait, 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 wait. This dude wasn't a good guy. He like manipulated yeah. people into doing these things. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. He, he did do some shady things. I don't know everything about him, but oh yeah, it yeah. Th this does briefly touch on some shady. Like I'm just yeah. saying that if they ever make a movie about me, they better take those goddamn same creative uh, <laughs> freedoms. Yeah, where Hugh Jackman's just tap dancing, pretending to be me, oh helping gosh. everybody <laughs> their indifferences and helping them. Yeah, <laughs> all right. All right. So the mermaid brought Barnum lots of attention and notoriety as the mermaid was hideous and not at all like the description of Hans Christian Andersen's tales of the Little Mermaid that painted mermaids as beautiful, delicate, and rose-like. We can't make out with that shit. <laughs> the mermaid displayed by Barnum was described by him in his own autobiography to be an ugly, dried-up black-looking diminutive specimen about three feet long its mouth was open its tail turned over and its arms thrown up giving the appearance of having died in great agony Ooh, i like it <laughs> Good isn't that reading. terrible yes. <laughs> can you imagine before this happened with pt barton barnum if you were like a sailor and you kept telling your friends you you like had some kind of thing with a mermaid and they never believed you then they're like mermaid and they're like yeah they finally captured one they're like oh that's what you were making out with <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no i swore that wasn't it this Sir. is true and you know what i'm picturing automatically is fish boy uh fish rain boy. johnson what i don't know what that one yeah, is house yeah house of a thousand corpses yeah. uh, well, they do do a, a, a nod rain wilson Fiji, yeah sorry sorry uh mermaid in the beginning of the scene huh like they have her, or like I guess a replica of the Fiji mermaid in the thing. Oh, that's right. And they're that's like, right. how would you like to see that in your pants? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's sorry, right. I know the, I know that movie. 
Clearly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Rain Johnson is the one who gave us the horrible Star Wars movies. I said it. What? Star? What? What are you talking about? He directed the, the new Star Wars movies. Go, moving on. Yeah, moving sorry. On. I'm confused. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's step back a bit and find out how P.T. Barnum came to own the Fiji Mermaid. In the 1800s, it is believed that a Japanese fisherman, as a joke, made a mermaid out of the top half of an orangutan and, oh my God. and the bottom half out of a salmon, formed together and dried out to create a creature never before seen. The mermaid is believed to have been sold to a Dutch merchant during the 1810s since they were the only Westerners allowed to trade with Japan at the time. From there, the mermaid was taken to England on a merchant ship. Unfortunately, the ship would later sink, but the crew was to be rescued along with the mermaid by an American by the name of Samuel Barrett Eads in January 1822. What the fuck was he thinking when he pulled that onto the boat? <laughs> well, the thing is, is like, I, can I actually have a, a I can imagine okay. the, the Japanese dude that did it and the Dutch dude's like, hey, can I buy your mermaid? He's like, the sex doll? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm done with it. Uh, no. Sure, that's a mermaid. No. Oh, my God. No, we are not putting this out into the universe. <laughs> um, it's, it's already documented. That, that's all I could think of. Like, what? It, like, who does it as a goof? I'm going to sew an orangutan with a fish. Like, no, that man had needs. Something uh, happened. No, no, no. <laughs> anyways. He was lonely. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Okay, so Samuel Barrett Eads. Uh, finds this, or well, he saves this ship. So Eads at some point sees the mermaid and absolutely has to have it and paid $6,000 for it. So God I... God darn, during what time? This was the 1800s. Yeah, that's a $6,000? Yes. I'm telling you, I want that sex doll. <laughs> Stop, it's a mermaid. The mermaid, Captain, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so I saw conflicting things about how this money was uh, was come by. So some say that the money like came from the ship's own... Like no, coffers or something? Yeah, basically. Like, okay. Okay. So like what? Like everybody pitched in? To no, get like it was, it, it was like the ship's money and, and he like used that. Like I think they call it the ledger. Oh. And so that just makes me think of like Angela from The Office like trying to explain to her like yeah, I bought a mermaid for $6,000 and her just be like, what? <laughs> like, that's that's all I can imagine is like trying to explain to your accountant, like, I bought a fucking mermaid. The like, rest of the ship crew's like, so is it all of our mermaids? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but there's also, this is probably the more realistic um, route that was taken. So there's also the the story that Eads sold his shop, uh, his his, <laughs> his half. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Was it the good half? His half of like the like the ship. Um, God, no! I am so thrown. <laughs> he sold a shaft to get that damn six <laughs> His like percentage of the ship. <laughs> I want that monkey sex doll. I'm not even fucking drinking. <laughs> Anyways, so he, he sold his portion of the ship, but he did not tell his co-owner. And so... Uh, Ooh, dirty dealings. Yes, exactly. But he he needed this fucking mermaid. So from there, Eads traveled to London and displayed the mermaid in a coffee house 
and charged <coughs> one shilling per entry for people to see the creature. I don't even know what a shilling one is. One shilling per entry? That's yeah. How many entries did that well, mermaid I'm, get? I'm getting there, Jesus. Wait a minute. So, uh, so if, if I'm not mistaken... And by entry... You mean like, like to see it? Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, continue. I'm I'm actually okay. gonna look up the currency and see what the equivalent of one shilling would be to like current. It better not be a nickel. Okay. Well, I'm thinking. <laughs> so uh, this is around Europe, right? It's so, in London. So I'm assuming a shilling would be like a pence, like a penny. I have no idea. Well, well let's find out. But continue. Yeah. Okay. So, so anywho's, uh, he charged one shilling per entry for people to see this creature. It's estimated 300 to 400 people visited during this time. The mermaid became a sensation and had articles written about it, even in magazines. Though there was much excitement, two prominent naturalists examined the mermaid and declared it a fake and basically said that anyone who was fooled by the mermaid was gullible. Soon after, the excitement of the mermaid died down and the coffee shop closed. Okay, so uh, again, uh, around what time? I'm I'm sorry, this I'm is, hung it, up. No, it's okay. It's like in the at this point, I think it's like eighteen ten between. Okay, oh no, so, eighteen twenty-two. Okay, sorry. so this still gives me a general idea, right? Because uh, let's fast forward like a hundred years, uh-huh. right? And uh, but what milk costed a nickel, right? Bread costed a nickel or something like that, like around those times okay. so one shilling equaled 12 pence which is 12 pennies so in 1820 that's still a lot of money to see that you know what i mean people needed to see the mermaid <laughs> yeah well i think the per entry was oh my god jesus stop a different <laughs> anyways we historically got that wrong jesse yes i'm gonna slap you <laughs> The potatoes are coming now. <laughs> they, they really are. I'm going to bring those potatoes and just, just think about it. smack what you across the head. What grown-ass man would want to go see I would a be all like, mermaid, I but would if they were like, excited. you can enter it for a shilling. Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> this is where we're taking it. No, we're continuing. All right. Um, so the coffee shop closed. Soon, though, Eads ran into trouble with his former co-owner of the ship, who demanded his share of the sale of the ship. Ultimately, Eads was taken to court. The mermaid declared a fake by an an anatomist zoologist and was technically no longer the owner of the mermaid, but was allowed to still hold on to it. And when Eads died, it went to his son. Apparently, it was his son's sole inheritance, which is very sad. Yeah, I'd be pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, hearing stories about this mermaid, I'd, I'd probably be... Damn it, that's all all sticky. (laughs) This is when Moses Kimball comes into the picture, who buys the mermaid off of Eads' son and travels from Boston to New York in 1842 to meet with P.T. Barnum, who had recently opened a museum. There, they were to talk about displaying the mermaid. From there, the two were able to concoct an elaborate hoax to drum up interest in the mermaid. In their elaborate scheme, New York newspapers were all told they were getting the exclusive publicity materials, but instead, they all released the same advertisement on (laughs) Sunday, July 17th, 1842. Dirty Gotcha. They really were. Dirty. Okay, so the advertisement showed beautiful mermaids with voluptuous, (laughs) full-torsoed women with fishtails. Nothing like the hideous mermaid that was actually being displayed. Essentially, they did what you would do. Like, they got catfished. They went in there going like, where is this (laughs) beautiful mermaid? 
like all like yeah i'll pay a shilling for that and then they're like oh well we're already here i guess uh, no <laughs> one has to know so uh this is where uh barnum's shadiness comes in so that's where it comes in so wait 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 so barnum then hired a person to pose as a fake naturalist named dr griffin to give lectures about how all land-dwelling animals had ocean counterparts to prove the validity <laughs> of the mermaid. So, like, the whores, the seahorse. Exactly. The, cat, the <laughs> So, after a week of being shown at the New York Concert Hall, that is when the mermaid began to be displayed at Barnum's Museum, where attendance tripled. After being displayed for only one month, he then sent it south to his uncle, Allison Taylor, no, I think it's like Alistair Taylor. I think I have a typo here. It says Allison. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, to be displayed. Uh, the thing about Barnum was he was a showman. Everybody knows that. And he knew how to work the media. Yep. His uncle was not that. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> He's an ugly mermaid. Come take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, the mermaid's presence was met with skepticism and had his uncle laughed at in the streets and even the threat of the mermaid being destroyed by others. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, so at this point, this mermaid is on loan to Barnum. So he went and, like, intervened and made sure the mermaid got back safely to him. So the mermaid was then sent back to New York to be displayed. Eventually, Barnum then took the mermaid back out onto the road and took it on tour in London in 1859. And when Barnum came back to the United States... It was then handed back to Moses Kimball to be displayed in his own museum. Kimball still owned this thing the entire time that he's like fucking touring with it and shit. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Kimball's museum would be destroyed by a fire. And it is not known if the Fiji mermaid was destroyed or rescued. But in 1987, Kimball's heirs donated a fake mermaid to Harvard University's Peabody Museum, but it is not known if it's the original mermaid since it did not have the same striking features as the original mermaid. You mean like grotesqueness? <laughs> well, it, it's still pretty grotesque looking. If We're you Google it, voluptuous hips. <laughs> if you Google it, it's not like the same pose that P.T. Barnum describes uh, in his autobiography. Uh, okay. Yeah, but um, so that's that's it on the Fiji mermaid that I have. But very nice. Yes, if it's actually crazy because around the time that it says that Japan began trading more openly with Westerners is when more mermaids made their way around the world. <laughs> they really love our sex dolls. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm just picturing Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Ship them all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, that that's the Fiji mermaid. All right. Cool. Who's, Very nice. We had a lot next? of fun with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why do you all always do this? <laughs> Don't hate us for it. <laughs> all right. Well, they've came across uh, pretty well. I mean, Japan's like now leading the way with the, the sex doll revolution. So, are they? I assume so. They're, oh. they're like robots and whatnot. Jesse's, Jesse's rolling it back. Oh, I think so. I, have, I haven't looked into it. How this. would I know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the emblem for the company is like a little Fiji mermaid. Like we started off. Really grassroots. <laughs> it's uh, it's the uh, the we Starbucks logo. Way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> He's All <on> right. Me. <laughs> uh, 
my turn at the mermaid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, mine is kind of like, uh, uh, I guess I won't explain it. I'll just kind of start off with it and see where you guys realize where it's like, uh, oof, you got tricked. <laughs> okay. okay. So, um, of course, I took this from a radio call-in show in Mexico where they call in stuff that's happened to them, experiences, blah, blah, very local. This is in Mexico City. So the call before that, they were actually talking about <laughs> my favorite subject, werewolves. Oh, God. <laughs> Until they got a very distraught call on the line and uh, they pulled it through. And the young lady, she's in her, her mid-20s, just moved into uh, Mexico City, is very distraught. Her name is Brenda. And when she calls in, she is very upset and almost on the verge of tears when the talk show host says, you know, go ahead, uh, take your time, let me know. And she says, well, I come from a small town. I just finished college and I got a very good job here in the city. And... To my dismay, uh, I applied to a lot of places and none of them took me up until in one of the most illustrious parts in Mexico City, Plaza Rio de Janeiro, I got what I thought was the best apartment deal ever. Now, this was, I want to say over, like, no, probably not over 100 years old, this building's been there. Okay. So it saw the Mexican Revolution, all this other stuff, you know. It's a lot been of there. history yes. here, a lot of history. And it's the structure is just fucking beautiful. Like the hallways okay. are long. Like the apartment is like you have your own little like hacienda type thing. Oh, okay. so she was like, hell yeah, you know, uh, very happy. She was like, you know, amazing apartment. I move in May thirty first, which was she's like it was on a Saturday, so I was so excited that I went in Friday, started looking at everything. My mom was with me. I got my camera. I started taking pictures of everything. You know, like this is where I'm gonna put this. This is where I'm gonna put that. But Something kind of like ominous kind of happened that she said she kind of took back by hand. Her mom had showed up, but she had these coconuts that she had had blessed. And uh, she said, why don't you just, you know, put them around the house so it can suck up whatever bad vibes have been here before you get here. Yeah, like a precaution, I guess. And she was like, mom, you know, come on. Man. I don't, it's fucking the 20th century, mom. <laughs> you know, like, get with it. <laughs> and she's like, just, you know, do it for me, sweetie, blah, blah, blah. And she said, okay. So she starts throwing these coconuts all over the place. There you go, mom, like sucking up the spirit. <laughs> and, you know, take a couple more pictures, takes off. She gets back into the apartment, moves in, sets everything up. Just loving it. And then she's like, I recall that I kind of felt a little bit off. She's like, I have a bunch of cats, three to be exact. You know, nothing weird happened. I, I've been living alone since I was 18. So I tend to sleep with the lights on sometimes. She goes, that's just my preference sometimes until I get comfortable. She goes, so I slept with the lights on. She goes, but what kind of struck me that day was as I was moving in, the only other neighbors that I had were actually moving out. Oh, shit. So yeah, that I, ain't a bad sign. Jesus, <laughs> so I essentially had the whole floor to myself. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of put me at odds. And I should have taken that as a sign. But, you know, I was just so excited to be in this place. Such beauty, historic facts right in the center of yeah, everything. Yeah. I was like, I felt really like a city girl. Like, I was just like, I'm making it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I moved in. Nothing really weird happened aside from that. So... As time progressed, I felt a little bit kind of 
weird like i always felt like there was some kind of tension in some of the rooms i wouldn't stay in them and my cats just wouldn't sleep in the bed with me so sometimes i would sleep in the couch but i'd let it to it be in a new place so we were all kind of trying to get used to it you know yeah um so 10 days have passed by nothing to my dismay when i'm actually going back into the office on monday <coughs> i get my photos and oh, shit. when I get my photos, I kind of open them up and I notice that wherever the coconuts were, there were these weird kind of like blobs of like distortion. So she said, I went back online to try to see what the problem was. And in this uh, like photography, I guess, thing that they have in the specific place that she went to, it gives you the option to kind of like polarize them or like uh kind of like do Do weird yeah yeah like edit them so she's like huh so she ended up just switching a couple colors to them and when she switched it or inverted it and kind of zoomed in on the spot she saw that there was a shape of a man in a hat standing inside of the the actual blob oh shit yeah when she magnified it so that freaked her out um she was like holy shit that looks she said there's no maybe it's something else no it was straight features of a man in a hat standing there no sir yeah so (laughs) then that was in the hallway i apologize that she felt very unsettled by so then she goes and she starts seeing the living room and in the living room uh, she sees tinier little heads in the blob of, of men with small heads in regular size hats (laughs) <laughs> grinning like the, oh, the creepiest grins ever so she's starting to freak out so she's of course she does the fucking thing and goes to her bedroom and she sees the same thing in the blob or the coconut set same thing but when she magnifies that one she loses her fucking shit because in that biggest blob that was throughout all of the pictures she sees that there are thousands of faces some that she describes ape-like with giant rows of teeth grinning almost taunting her looking down at the bed because you can see the pupils where she sleeps oh don't like that yeah and behind them inverted in the color it looks like there's a bunch of eyeballs so she's freaking out and she starts to think is that why the cats don't want to sleep on the bed are they do they feel like they're being watched by these things thousands of (laughs) yeah So, uh, not wanting to freak out too much, she um, says, okay, uh, I didn't know what to do, so I called one of my male friends, and I told him, in a not-sexual way, would you be comfortable with spending the night with me? And the man says, sure. So, not wanting to be rude, because she had actually given away her couches, because she was about to get a decorator in to kind of feng shui the place up, because she did feel like it was a little bit off. So... She said, you know what, we'll all sleep in the living room. And she put a blanket and comforters over the floor, a couple of pillows. And she said that while they were both in the living room, kind of just chatting it up, it felt like they were on a, essentially a frying pan. The heat was coming from the floor. Oh, shit. So they were opening the windows and they were just drenched in sweat. It was unbearable. Um... After that, she kind of like forgot about it after a couple of days, but she still felt kind of uneasy. So she invited a friend over again, a, a female friend. And uh, after only being there 
about an hour after they were going to go to bed, she took the bedroom. She was sleeping in the living room. She says that her friend woke up, opened the door and said, I'm leaving. <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean? She goes, I have to go. And she's like, well, what do you mean you have to go? She goes, I have to go. I feel like I'm being watched and I'm going to have a heart attack. I'll pick up my car tomorrow in the afternoon. I'm taking a cab. And she stormed out of there. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. So, yeah, that in and of itself was enough for her to be like, you know what? Let's try to get this feng shui lady in. So she gets the feng shui lady. She starts kind of like doing her thing. And she goes, do you do like aura or like whatever readings to see if the rooms are? So she goes, OK, yeah, I can do that. So she starts kind of doing like the whole raw thing and all that stuff, asking like, is there any bad energy in here? And she says that when the first time she asked that in the living room, the rods spinned violently. Mm. And she kind of did okay. like that face that you did like, OK, well, you know, that's normal. So as she progressively asked again, is there really negative energy? They got more violently spinning. Like right. just one spin. Yeah. But it looked like someone would just slap them. Um, of course, the lady got pretty overwhelmed when she stepped into the bedroom. And they kind of bent down a little bit. So her iron rods kind of got bent at the point. Okay. And she said, uh, well, you know, we can fix this with Wing Shui. <laughs> She just said that. Shade. Yeah, we can fix that. I'll give you some uh some like Chinese mantras to put around, you know, they'll help, they'll let you sleep at night. Uh you know, it, it's it's intense, but it's not something we can't fix. <laughs> yeah, right. Um <laughs> so she's just there thinking like, oh shit, you know, God, oh you know, what am I gonna do? Da 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 da. It's not not until one night and she was in there by herself that she actually saw the tall man in the hat Ooh. um kind of just appear in her doorway oh shit and as it appeared in the doorway it sank into the floor that kind of bubbled up sh shadowy and then she proceeded to see the eyes and mouths of everything else that's around kind of not white but like a darker shadow which she immediately knew and at that point the cats that were in the living room and other rooms, all ran into the bedroom. Oh, shit. God. And she said that they didn't sleep at all <laughs> until the, <laughs> the morning came. Just on edge the whole night. Yeah. Damn. Um, okay. All right. So then a little bit after that, she, of course, she described, sorry, goblin-like mouths and a hundred eyes in, in the floor. What the yeah. fuck? Okay. So... Course. after going through all that she had a couple of friends come over that kind of dabbled with spiritualism and uh, tell her yeah you know this is kind of like a bad place da, da, da. her mom's her confidant she's really into the catholic faith she had a couple of catholic people come in they put a couple of crosses everywhere uh kind of like a little makeshift exorcist house cleansing type of thing mm -hmm. um to no avail well it did stop okay okay and she, right before they because she wasn't gonna spend the night after that <laughs> she was like <laughs> very shit. adamant about that whatever y'all guys do i'm not spending the night so they did the ritual they did the cleansing they spread the oils they put the crosses she went ahead again and she took pictures of everything just like how she did the first time yeah okay she turned off all the lights and she left she came back then this is during the friday she came back monday house felt good no events, nothing really out of the ordinary. But a couple weeks, like a week maybe passes again. She ends up getting the pictures back again. 
And she starts looking at the pictures and she sees, oh, okay, the walls are clear. Back to white. Just pure white walls, how they were. Yeah, okay. Until she starts to pay attention to the floorboards. Oh, no. And in the floorboards, in the wood, comparison side to side from how the actual wood patterns are, there's a bunch of people in the, the, like, shaped in the wood shapes. So she would compare the picture to the ground where the spot is, like, photo to photo like photo to real and she would yeah. look at the patterns and they're like that's not the pattern there's a face on here so oh, she essentially shit. thinks that everything went from the walls onto the floor oh shit uh, oh that's why traveled. it was so hot uh i don't know what it was she doesn't really go into full-fledged detail about it mm-hmm. um she breaks down a lot in between the the phone call so they take a lot of pauses so feeling very defeated and not being able to kind of figure out what was going on she tried to do a lot of independent research to kind of figure out. So she was able to put together that there was at least five to six deaths in that apartment complex. Oh, shit. I know. Okay. Like, what the fuck's going on over there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just in like the normal era before, like, you know, the revolutionary times, she figured out that, yes, you know, some people had died there and especially in the elevators that didn't work they died in the elevators and then after that they were never fixed okay okay damn that's a long time for those elevators to be broken (laughs) uh yeah so she kind of was like that's why they've never been functional then uh she realized that after doing more research one of the high prominent shaman or what they call a psychic surgeon named la panchita actually stayed there and performed a lot of rituals and surgeries on the hollywood elite and prominent in those rooms that they would stay in okay then after trying to like figure out if she should kind of uh get her money back or what she should do she actually ended up being able to contact the owner of the apartment and he also was the son of hollywood elite there in uh mexico and he was there with i guess like either a lawyer or somebody that kind of like is there for like legal purposes okay and when she told him the story she kind of scoffed every so often and she told him you know people are under stress sometimes they think they see things basically blowing them off yeah and but she said that the the gentleman didn't really react to it he kept kind of like a like dodging it no like kind of like okay okay and when she said has anybody died in this apartment he said no but my father did pass away here. Like in the building? Like in the apartment. Oh, okay. She goes, so then someone did die in here. She goes, well, I don't think he, him as like a death. He just passed here. And she's like, what? That's the same thing. Like someone died here. <laughs> and she goes, have you rented it to someone else before that? And he goes, no. And she's like, so for seven years, you never rented it out? He goes, no, not really. I kind of had no need for it. Yeah. She goes, until she convinced me that I had property, so I should, you know, clean it up, remodel it, and put it out on the market. You're the first person to rent it, so sorry if you went through that. (laughs) And uh, she said that that was pretty much the end of that. Right before they left, the woman said, people see things all the time. That doesn't mean that something's in here. It just means you're kind of (laughs) stressed. And as she walked away, that was the end of that interaction. (coughs) Okay. But... She came to find out later on that, yes, the place had been rented out before to other people. 
and so has the other buildings that are around it and they've all kind of been the same thing they don't last in there then to her surprise she gets a call from this lady about a month later and she says i'm so sorry for talking to you like that and she goes who is this again and she tells her who she is she's like oh yeah i remember she goes no i moved out already i'm in a different spot she goes i just wanted to apologize but because right after i left that day i got into a very bad accident she goes i'm actually just back at my house she goes i'm you know rehabilitating you know i i, I can't walk she goes and I, I can't help to think it was because of that place and now she's she tells the host she's like i'm in debate if i should share these pictures with the world hmm. kind of like put them out there to see if this can help someone i was thinking about going back and having an exorcist but i just thought even if i exercised that room they would just travel to another room yeah, in the, yeah. the 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 building she i mean was, they already went from the walls to the floor yes yeah, she's, she's <laughs> like I, I i don't know what to do i'm very confused i'm very scared i don't know you know how to react to this actually and then you know she kind of just talks to him he kind of tells her you know what if you say it's true it's true da 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 and that's pretty much where the story ends or her story ends on that but that place is known now as La Casa de las Brujas. Okay. And the House so, of the Witches. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because of architecturally, if you look at it, they all the the domes look like witches' hats. Oh. And the architecture is just so fucking creepy. Cool. Um. So she kind of got tricked into that was the gotcha the yeah. she thought she got a good thing but she got a lemon and also <laughs> it's very kind of iffy because if you guys know some of the mexican history if you don't la panchita is also a very controversial figure in uh mexican culture a lot of people believe she was an actual psychic surgeon and that she channeled the spirit of guatemoc which is the last emperor of uh mexico in its uh you know heyday so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know she she was very controversial but she was also very loved by the hollywood golden age elite <laughs> yeah you told me about stripping flesh and stuff yeah and so she would they would say that testing flesh yeah so she would have like the apron how like revolutionary age women were from mexico short very chiseled grizzled very like straight to the point talk yeah and she would be like so what's what's hurting you and they'd be like oh you know like i have a tumor here that you know the doctors say they can't get or like you know i my heart's failing you know i have heart problems and she yeah. would say, just lay down and she would do the ritual and she would say try not to scream oh god oh shit and without any anesthetics or anything she would start ripping flesh open the fuck? and people would say that she would take that flesh out and she would all she would take was a knife. Mm -hmm. She didn't have anything else, a little bag. Yeah, nothing you said like it that. was like a early nineteenth century butter knife or something. Or it was a, just a kitchen <laughs> knife, like a steak knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, people would say that she, the flesh would manifest in the other hand, and you could hear it plop into the cavity <laughs> that she would dig out, like a fucking um, what is it, the melon scoopers? <laughs> you know how you leave the little hole with the yeah, 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 and yeah. She would just you would hear it. It's just really weird. Ooh, cool, cool, Creepy. cool. I like it. Well, uh, yeah, the faces on the floor. 
don't want to see that. Now I'm just like, let's go put coconuts all over this house if it wasn't so goddamn expensive. <laughs> well, see, that's so that's like a Yorubian type of spell, the cleansing type of thing. So it it, it varies on like well. what you believe. You can't just mix in. Mix and match stuff. Oh, we don't. We don't. We practice Yorubian, but we don't do main Yorubian stuff in this house. Okay. I don't know what we practice in this house. (laughs) (laughs) We practice uh, what is it? Fiji mermaid uh, and rumpology. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right, Eric. You ready to to finish off the episode? Oh yeah! And Woo-hoo. I hope you have some. It's gonna fun be a shilling one. for the entry, sir. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I wish it was that much for my wife. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know why Eric wants to role play. He wants me to tell him a shilling for the entry. <laughs> Pirate talk. <laughs> All right, so. I went with the mass hysteria that the broadcasting of War of the Worlds created. All right. Well, I'm just going to say right now, I've never seen War of the Worlds, or I really don't know the whole... Kind of had to listen to War of the Worlds. Yeah, I was going to say. Or listened. I don't know the premise of War of the Worlds. You don't like old-timey radio? (laughs) Yes, I know it's old-timey radio, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know anything beyond the... the... How do you... See old timey radio. Oh sweet Jesus! There was a Tom Cruise movie, wasn't there? <laughs> there was a Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise movie. movie yeah, there was okay. Uh, See, I would have I, I let that kid die. Also, she's uh... like, what is it from? Uh, what is it? The Dakota Fanning was no, in no, it. No, oh, fuck. Daddy's. Oh fuck! Big Daddy, where he's like, he plays dumb, but he's really sharp as a tack. <laughs> anyway. <She's a> hot... <laughs> Tom Cruise had a movie. <laughs> he did. I remember that. Anyways. Okay. So this one, like I said, I did something a little different. Like, like I said at the beginning, uh, it's got my creative juices going. Okay. And I found this to be a very another interesting scenario that I want to put you in. Okay. okay. So uh, we got to get you in character. All right. Yes. It's 1938. It is the tail end of the Great Depression. Okay. So. Also take in a lot of the culture that that uh, or the social norms that were going on during the 1930s. Okay, so bring all of that in, and I'm gonna paint a picture for you also, so that this can get you into the to the mood. But I want you to already have that premise in your head. Okay. Okay. So, like I said, we're gonna do a scenario. Okay. It's 1938, and the country is at the tail end of the depression. Your only means of information is either through newspaper, radio, or from word of gossip or friends and family. The disconnect that we see today between government and citizen isn't even a thing yet. Children respected their elders and parents and neighborhoods came together regularly to help each other out. Life at the time is just all around simpler. Now, with some of those things out of the way, let's go ahead and set the premise for our imaginative exercise. Okay. Okay. So... I am kind of nervous because, again, this is my creative writing. So. Okay. Okay. It's a quiet evening when you're snapped out of your days when Jesse and Sal open the front door and walk in from playing catch outside. The cool October breeze that blows in with them is quite refreshing as you put away the last of the dishes. They talk and giggle a bit before both retreat to their vices. At this point, you think to yourself, it's almost routine. 
Jesse will most likely retreat to his favorite chair and get lost in the pages of this evening's post. While Sal sits on the floor with his army men pretending to fight off evil forces with his Buck Rogers ray gun. You can't help but watch with a sense of joy and contempt. It can't get any better than this, you think. The economy is slowly resembling its former self. Jesse is on the up and up at the factory and is being promoted. Sal is a straight A student. It's then you get the compulsion to write your congressman to thank him for his service to state and country. It wouldn't be the first time you did this, nor would it be the first time he has responded with a handwritten thank you letter in return. If I can get it out to post by tomorrow, maybe I'll get his response before I leave on the family trip to the Grand Canyon Jesse planned with the extra money that came from his promotion. Which reminded you, y'all splurged a little extra and also got the new RCA radio deck and have been eager to give this uh, new radio a test drive. You knew how they loved their radio programs. You glanced at the clock and noticed that it was only five past eight. You probably only missed the weather and the sponsorships, so it'll be fine. You switch it on and hear the hum of the tubes warming up. You click through a few of the stations before landing on CBS. This evening, Raymond Raquel is going to fill your living room with music. You sit there for a time, prepping to write your letter when the broadcast is interrupted. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 central time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Pearson of the observatory at Princeton confirms Farrell's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. We now return you to the music of Ramon Raquello playing for you in the Meridian Room of the Park Plaza Hotel situated in downtown New York. So, explosions from Mars, you think to yourself. Curious. What would be going through your head right now? Help. Would you even pay any mind to it? Yes. You would. What would what, what do you honestly think you'd be thinking at this point? How far away is Mars? And how okay. fast and, can and it get to that's Earth? And that's funny that you say that because uh, in the next portion, it was a bit too long for me to include. Mm -hmm. But they do actually go through those details. So Mars is like 40 billion miles away or 40 million miles away from Earth. And it is traveling, uh, and I think they even gave the velocity within that little portion. Mm -hmm. But is that what you would be thinking? Would, do, you, do you believe that there would be any sense of uh, uh, urgency or panic? Or would it just be like, huh, okay, well, I mean, it's far away, so. Or, well, being the type of person I am, I would have a slight bit of panic. <laughs> but it would be like, <laughs> is, like, how far away is Mars from us? So the way that they describe it when they travel? say it, they basically tell you something really cool is happening, but don't need to worry. It's light years away. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's interesting because, I mean, they do kind of give you that, that sense, right? Like, it's kind of nonchalant the way they well, broadcast like Amazing it. stuff, but, like, they but give is you... Is it public knowledge back then well, they see for the things, how far away stuff is? They let you know, no. though. Oh, well, yeah, they, they, they inform you in the broadcast. But remember, at this time, Sputnik hasn't even happened, right? Like yeah. the, the space race hasn't even happened. So really sci-fi all in itself, and I'm going to get into this detail later, 
uh, really wasn't like a norm. Mm -hmm. It was kind of considered lowbrow. Okay. So this was kind of new to audience, kind of new. Because like I said, Buck Rogers was out and he was kind of like a space ranger. It was kid stuff. Yeah, it was kid oh. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, so you're saying that you would have just a little sense of urgency or a little sense of awareness. Yes. All right. So, like I said, the next portion was a little bit too long and it only set the premise a little bit more. And I felt like it wasn't going to build on what, what I'm trying to accomplish right now, right? Okay. So the music continues and sets your mind at ease once more when suddenly the broadcast is interrupted again. But this time it brings you a professor and a reporter that's questioning him about what could possibly be happening. With mid-interview, they get word that the object traveling from Mars has just crashed into a plot of land called Grover's Mill in New Jersey. They cut the broadcast and right before they state that they were going to make their way there and then continue the broadcast and report on what they see. Hmm. Would this heighten your, your well, awareness a little bit more? Yeah, because I'd be like, oh, fuck, something from Mars traveled that fast to Earth. And like, <laughs> we're, and now it's on Earth. How fast can it travel over here okay. if there's okay. something? Also, and I'd be like, how are they going to broadcast over there uh, live? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not... Um, video broadcast it's radio broadcast i know that <laughs> oh, okay well like radio broadcasting you can't do that like well i d well i don't know that like are they like carrying around some big ass equipment like with a big ass antenna <laughs> like possibly and you know i i'm sorry to say that i didn't look into that but maybe i should because who i mean who knows you know i really don't know i couldn't tell you because okay. the way that i assumed that it worked was Smaller stations with smaller places would broadcast everything to the main station, and then the main station would oh. would because you know like shoot it out into the yeah because so they everyone. would show the commercials where they show like that where it would like hit the small uh -huh. antenna to the big antenna too oh that's world. right like relaying yeah relaying yeah okay that's why All it right. would be a little bit delayed okay okay. So, at this point, Jesse may have uh, put his paper down and now listening intently with a worried look on his face. The music again starts to play. Maybe not as calming as before, but is quickly interrupted only minutes later. You hear the voice of the reporter and the professor once again. We take you now to Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen... This is Carl Phillips again, out at the Wilmot Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Professor Pearson and myself made the 11 miles from Princeton in 10 minutes. Well, I hardly know where to begin. To paint for you a word picture of a strange scene before my eyes, like something out of a modern Arabian night. Well, I just got here. I haven't had a chance to look around yet. I guess that's it. Yes, I guess that's the thing directly in front of me. Half buried in a vast pit. Must have struck with terrific force. The ground is... Covered with splinters of a tree, it must have struck on its way down. But I can see the object itself doesn't look very much like a meteor. At least not the meteors I've seen. It looks more like a huge cylinder. Has a diameter of, um, um, what would you say, Professor Pearson? What's that? Uh, what would you say, uh, what's the diameter of this? About 30 yards. About 30 yards. The metal on the sheath is, well, I've never seen anything like it. The color is sort of yellowish-white. It's curious... Spectators now are pressing close to the object in spite of the efforts of the police to keep them back. They're getting in front of my line of vision. Uh, uh, would you mind standing one side, please? While the police are pushing the crowd back. Here's Mr. Wilmot, owner of the farm here. He may have some interesting facts to add. Mr. Wilmot, 
Uh, would you please tell the radio audience as much as you remember of this rather unusual visitor that dropped in your backyard? Uh, step closer, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Wilmer. Well, I was listening to the radio. Uh, closer and louder, please. Pardon me? Uh, louder, please, closer. Yes. <clears throat> I was listening to the radio and kind of drowsing. That professor fellow was talking about Mars, so I was half chosen and half... Yes, yes, Mr. Wilmot, and uh, then what happened? Well, as I was saying, I was listening to the radio kind of halfway... Yes, Mr. Wilmot, and then you saw something. Well, not first off. I heard something. And what did you hear? A hissing sound like this. Uh, kind of like a Fourth of July rocket. Yes, then what? I turned my head out the window and would have sworn I was to sleep and dreaming. Yes. I seen a kind of greenish streak and then zingo. Something smacked the ground. Knocked me clear out of my chair. Well, were you frightened, Mr. Wilmot? Well, I ain't quite sure. I reckon I was kind of riled. Well, thank you, Mr. Wilmot. Thank you very much. Yeah, you want me to tell No, that's quite all right. That's plenty. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard Mr. Wilmot, owner of the farm, where this thing has fallen. I wish I could convey the atmosphere, the background of this fantastic scene. Hundreds of cars are parked in a field in back of us, and the police are trying to rope off the roadway leading into the farm, but it's no use. They're breaking right through. Cars' headlights throw an enormous spotlight on the pit where the objects have buried. Now, some of the more daring souls now are venturing near the edge. Yeah, the silhouettes stand out against the metal sheen. <laughs> One man wants to touch the thing. He's having an argument with the policeman. Now, the policeman wins. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's something I haven't mentioned in all this excitement, but it's becoming more distinct. Perhaps you've caught it already on your radio. Listen, please. Do you hear it? It's a curious humming sound that seems to come from inside the object. I'll uh, move the microphone nearer. Here. Now, we're not more than 25 feet away. Uh, can you hear it now? Uh, Professor Pearson? Yes, sir. Uh, can you tell us the meaning of that scraping noise inside the thing? Possibly the unequal cooling of its surface. I say, do you still think it's a meteor, Professor? I don't know what to think. The uh, metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Uh, not found on this Earth. Friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. This thing is smooth and... You can see it's cylindrical oh, shape. Something's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. This end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw and the thing must be hollow. He's moving! Look at that! Keep back there! Keep back there! Keep those idiots back! Keep off! The top's loose! Look out there! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I, I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute. Someone's crawling someone out or something. I can see turning out of that black hole two luminous disks. The eyes, it might be a face. Might be almost there. But heavens, something wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one and another one and another one. They look like tentacles to me. Oh, yeah, I can see the thing's body. Now it's large. It's large as a bear. It glistens like wet leather. But that face, it, it, ladies and gentlemen, it's indescribable. But I can hardly force myself to keep looking at it. It's so awful. The eyes are black and they gleam like a serpent. The mouth is that's kind of V-shaped with saliva dripping from its rimless lips. It seemed to oh, quiver and pulsate and... The, Monster or whatever it is can hardly move. It seems weighed down by uh, possibly gravity or something. The thing's rising up now and the crowd falls back. They've seen plenty. The most extraordinary experience, ladies and gentlemen. I can't find words. And, well, I'll pull this microphone with me as I talk. I'll have to stop the description so I can take a new position. Hold on, will you please? I'll be right back in a minute. 
Okay. I see you there, like, staring out into space, <laughs> trying to, to imagine everything that he's saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good because that's what I'm trying to get. I Like, that's how good this broadcast was. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, again, imagine yourself then. Do you think this would be... so? So again, um, imagine yourself again without the experiences of technology that you have now. Do you believe that you could have believed that? Yeah, well, yeah, for right. Sure, like, yeah. like the 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 acting is so well performed. Like the the little nuances of mistakes. Like, no, no, sir, come closer. You, you, we can't hear you. And like coughing. those, li- yeah, those little details mm-hmm. and and uh, like mistakes, mm-hmm. kind of added to the to the atmosphere or to the performance to to really give it really something. So, what wh- what do you think you'd be thinking at that point? I'd be flipping out. Would you really? Do you yeah. really? <laughs> be, Where's the gun? Guns? Do we have grenades? And that, that's how. A good portion of the people listening to the broadcast were yeah. kind of reacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's that would have been my first thing, like there guns a, and grenades. At that point, <laughs> there was a major <laughs> influx of calls to police stations, the National Guard. Yeah, and we're, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because there's going to be a, a, a what a twist. <laughs> okay, so okay. the music continues once again, but only for a moment before the reporter comes back on. So I would hope at this point you're now glued to the edge of your seat waiting to see what's happening with panic swelling in your chest. You've even considered mentioning this in your letter that you've forgotten you were even writing. <laughs> what good would it do if these things were hostile, though? You think briefly. Ladies and gentlemen, am I on? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilmer's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. More state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Ah, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, Now they've parted and the professor moves around one side, studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute, something's happening. A humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from that mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Now the whole field's caught up by the woods, the bars, the, the gas tank, tanks of the automobiles are spreading everywhere. Coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return to that point at the earliest opportunity. In the meantime, we have a late bulletin from San Diego, California. Professor Indelkoffer, speaking at a dinner of the California Astronomical Society, expressed the opinion that the explosions on Mars are undoubtedly nothing more than severe volcanic disturbances on the surface of the planet. All right. So I that part always gives me chills. I've listened to that part maybe a hundred times, and it gives me chills because it's so well performed. Mm-hmm. But do you think panic would be setting in now? Hell yeah. <laughs> are we all like, uh, they are on fire? 
<laughs> Soon we will be too. Get the water. <laughs> and the grenades. Yes. Fire extinguishers, water, guns, grenades. We need it all, apparently. Okay. So, uh, I mean, put in the scenario that I had built for you. What do you think you'd be doing? Do you think you'd be like in front of the radio or, you know, like if trying we, to make a phone call or... If we had a basement, we'd be going in the basement, but also taking the radio with us. <laughs> well, that would be impossible because those radios are fucking massive and heavy. Yeah. Oh, were... shit. <laughs> we'd be boarding up the windows. <laughs> Nobody lives here. <laughs> Take your alien asses somewhere else. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. And even the term alien wasn't used back then. Yeah. No. It, extraterrestrial or Martian. No, nothing, Martian. Nothing was, well, was Martian used. was kind of coined because, uh, I mean, it, it was really Mars that kind of, you oh, know, yeah. everybody was interested in. So Martians, right? So that like the main thing was like a spaceman or like visitor. Marshman. Ranger. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so with the sudden cut of the broadcast, you may be thinking something terrible may have happened. You might even be sitting in front of the radio panicking, not even paying any mind to the music playing. Jesse may have retrieved his gun and is now looking out the windows vigilantly. Sal, maybe not fully understanding what's going on, is in the background saying, It's okay, mommy, I'll be like Buck Rogers and save the day, while he points his toy ray gun out the windows. Your house is in total confusion. You may not know what to think at this point or what to do. Then the broadcast continues. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed a message that came in from Grover's Mill by telephone. Just one moment, please. At least 40 people, including six state troopers, lie dead in a field east of the village of Grover's Mill. Their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. The next voice you hear will be that of Brigadier General Montgomery Smith, commander of the state militia at Trenton, New Jersey. I have been requested by the governor of New Jersey to place the counties of Mercer and Middlesex as, as far west as Princeton and uh, east to Jamesburg under martial law. No one will be permitted to enter this area except by special pass issued by state or military authorities. Four companies of state militia are proceeding from Trenton to Grover's Mill and uh, will aid in the evacuation of homes within the range of military operations. Thank you. You have just been listening to General Montgomery Smith commanding the state militia at Trenton. In the meantime, further details of the catastrophe at Grover's Mill are coming in. The strange creatures, after unleashing their deadly assault, crawled back in their pit and made no attempt to prevent the efforts of the firemen to recover the bodies and extinguish the fire. The combined fire departments of Mercer County are fighting the flames which menace the entire countryside. We have been unable to establish any contact with our mobile unit at Grover's Mill, but we hope to be able to return you there at the earliest possible moment. In the meantime, we take you to... Just one moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I have just been informed that we have finally established communication with an eyewitness of the tragedy. Professor Pearson has been located at a farmhouse near Grover's Mill where he has established an emergency observation post. As a scientist, he will give you his explanation of the calamity. The next voice you hear will be that of Professor Pearson, brought to you by Direct Wire. Professor Pearson. Okay. So this is where we're going to end our little exercise, right? Okay. And uh, I want to say that 
I, 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 I now after thinking about it right now, uh, listening to again to a lot of the nuances, the way he paused for like three seconds, mm-hmm. I think like four three seconds is unbearable when editing our episodes they used it <laughs> well i mean I, I consider it just dead space right yeah. like you you don't want a lot of that but they used it in in the sense of like adding drama uh, anticipation anticipation yes and all these things and just hearing the way they wrote this play out just excited me so much that i i tried doing my own little scenario right here mm-hmm. uh and trying to get you into the the atmosphere mm-hmm. of being there firsthand to experience this broadcast so after hearing all of that what oh, honestly what do you think you would have you would have been thinking doing i, I would have been flipping the fuck out <laughs> and as you said we would all be neighbors and everything i'd be all like running over to our neighbors and fucking being crazy, like trying to get into their house, like they're coming for us, <laughs> <laughs> spreading the hysteria. So, <laughs> ooh, very interesting, very interesting. Okay, all right. So, and then, like, we'd find out that it was fake later, and they'd be all like, "Hey, remember when you like were fucking flipping out <laughs> at the next like yeah. barbecue?" Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll die as the the hysterical woman. Well, sadly, a lot of people were like turning on each other already, so this kind of put a lot of stuff into like turmoil. We're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, bitch, I never liked you." <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like, can we stay over? No, you can't stay over here. <laughs> oh wow yeah jen you would be that person yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> be on facebook I never liked you karen get the fuck away <laughs> no don't 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 believe that karen <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah not that karen yeah i'm all like one of my best friends name is karen <laughs> she's all that happens all the time now in this, this day and age she's it like is. i'm going to change my name now. <laughs> so so like like i said i mean obviously we can't listen to the whole episode even though it is amazing i would highly recommend it like i said uh truly an inspiration to hear a story building Mm -hmm. right uh to where i'm i'm getting really into it and the broadcast continues like that they have like soldiers perish on air while fighting in real time that's real traumatic what the fuck yeah Yeah, well so um (laughs) So I'm not going to say that they have these soldiers in real time, like screaming while they're dying. Uh, I, one of the portions is I, I want to say that these are guys who are, are like a, a artillery soldiers, right? They're mm-hmm. the guys who shoot the mortars, mm-hmm. right? And he's talking to the guy and he's saying, all right, give me the coordinates again. And you hear him shoot the round and it explodes in the background. And he's saying like, sir, it's still advancing. And he says, all right, re-coordinate. And he shoots the round. And he says, sir, it's still advancing, like the, 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 the panic in their voices and everything. And this is from the back, like of another soldier listening to them and recording what's going on. And then it just goes silent. Mm-hmm. Once, once he says like, sir, it's only 20 yards away. And then it just stops. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so good. It you know, is so the, good. that episode where Jesse was pretending to be me hyperventilating. <laughs> that's how I would really be. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> Jesse would probably like knock me out just to shut me to, up to calm you down. Yeah. That's what Jesse would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I didn't even ask you what, uh, honestly. Like, if you were to put yourself in there, Jesse, what do, what do you think you would do, or what do you think you would be doing? Um, I mean, just so I'm putting myself in the time that we're in. Um, depending, what am I rural or or am I city? Um. 
I mean, urban, right? Like a uh, 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 suburban area. Suburban area? Yeah, suburban yeah, area. Suburban area, I guess, you know, just, I guess, depending on what, what we had for, you know, our surroundings and whatnot, you know, it would it would be then. Uh, at that time, I, the neighborhood watch was a real big thing. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. all the men would gather around. Yeah. We would yeah. all talk about protecting the families, maybe put them all in one house or panic, not to panic them. You know yeah, what I mean? It yeah. just <laughs> Don't put me anywhere in a group because I'll rile them all up. <laughs> We're all going to die. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, it's and the end days. If anything, the men would be like, I don't know, my wife's pretty shook up. Uh, <laughs> No, don't, don't put don't put me in with a whole Jesse, room of busy betties. I got another one of uh, I got a full bottle of tequila. Good Bob, good Bob. I'm gonna need it. Jesse's just running out of the house with his mermaid. Save her. <laughs> Your good friend Bob. I'll need the tequila. What's that, Roger? You have another one? Oh, God bless your heart. It's gonna take at least three to take her down. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. But uh okay, so with all of that being said, right? Uh-huh. All the the broadcast and everything, the little exercise we just did. Now it's time to get into the hoaxy stuff. Okay. Now I want to say that there is a difference between like hoaxes and uh pranks, right? Like there there's there's intent, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're going to hoax somebody, you have the intent of tricking them for advantage, right? Okay. So Let's get in some, into some facts about the broadcast uh, and the times. Okay. So, like I said earlier, sci-fi was considered to be lowbrow at the time. and wasn't really taken seriously the way it was now, or it is now. Uh, Mercury Theater had done plays like A Tale of Two T- uh, Cities and Treasure Island. And this was the, the program that they had aired this on, right? It was called Mercury Theater. So this wasn't really in their wheelhouse of performances, so much so that the station didn't even think it was going to perform very well. In ratings, yeah, right. Because essentially, grown people didn't want to hear right sci-fi right. stuff. So, um, God, what's his name? The Lone Ranger would come on, right? And usually, that would be the time that you know the they would let the kids listen to it, mm-hmm, and it would mm-hmm. be you know maybe ten, fifteen minutes, yeah, yeah. and the the kids would hear it, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, I wonder what's gonna happen next time with Tonto and the Lone Ranger." Yeah, and, yeah. Another show would come on. It was kind of like novellas-esque style, yeah, written yeah. stuff, a couple of, you know, Bible verses stuff that would come out, you know. So, yeah. no, nobody would really be like, yeah, I want to hear something sci-fi. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and you're you're exactly right. Uh, like you said, I mean, this was their form of news and entertainment for the time. Uh, so... It is this lack in faith from the station that drove the performers to really commit to the realism and to scare the audience as badly as they could. We want to poop and no spooking up the, the the pioneers. Yeah, the pioneers of it. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. So here is where we get into the quote unquote second hoax of this, right? So the first hoax is getting everybody scared or the people that they were able to scare, right? So here's the second hoax. There wasn't mass hysteria the way that the media would like you to believe there was. Oh, okay. Yes, there were calls of listeners who believed that this was real, but it was nowhere near what the media would want you to believe right it's somewhere in the ballpark of a few thousand 
theft, right? And even a censorship that was taken during the time said that 98% of the family or, you know, households that were listening to the radio at, the, at that evening wasn't even tuned into this broadcast. Oh. So there was only 2% of people that were actually listening that night that actually heard this broadcast, which is actually a shame because, I mean, it's, it's an incredible broadcast. But, uh, you know, due to its time, obviously, it wasn't going to pique anybody's interest. No one is going to appreciate art until, you know, later, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just look at Van Gogh, man. He, yeah. uh, his, uh, but he only sold one painting in his lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a perfect example. Yeah, perfect example. So, I also want to kind of get a little deep with you, mm-hmm. all right? So, with this, you know, concluding our scenario... I want to ask the question without getting too deep into the details, Mm -hmm. but would you think we are more gullible now than we were close to a hundred years ago? Yes. (laughs) So, uh, I, I, I did, I did a lot of pondering on this. I wouldn't necessarily say it's gullible. I would say it's misinformed. Or, well, no, you know what? No, I want to take it back. Okay. 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 I would say that there are more ways to trick us yes. now yes. than there was back then. And I guess that's uh, that, and that's what I meant, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm using misinformed as like an umbrella. That there are multiple ways for you to consume information that may be right, wrong, or whatever. Or I'm just thinking of deep fakes. Those oh, things yeah. are scary. Yeah. So we, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a crying shame because back then people were limited to their knowledge but they were very proactive to it. So they would right. go to libraries. Oh, they yeah, would write yeah. their congressmen. Like mm-hmm. you said, they would do block walks. They would have mm-hmm. a community, basically, like gatherings. Yes, yes. They were very involved in knowing what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If somebody raised the price on something, they want to know why the hell this was going on. And if this is the case, <laughs> I'll get my congressman. If he can't do anything about it, exactly. better damn well, I'm getting the senator on the phone. Hell, some of them would, uh, the Flatwood Monster incident you talk about, they called the goddamn uh, army and they were like, hey, army, get on the line. And the dude's like, uh, hold on, <laughs> let me let me take a look at the, the thing. Like, just think of that. If think you, you think you could get through the army right now and ask them, hey, we just saw something in the sky. What was that? Yeah, yeah. And you think they'd be like, uh, ma'am, give me a second. We'll get that for you. No, yeah, they'd be like, yeah. well, Get off the phone. <laughs> We're over here trying to fly drones. We ain't got time to talk to you public people. Yeah. But back then, it was that. Yeah, but here, absolutely. in the now, we have the ability to choose to find the right information, the right facts, but we don't. Yeah. We'd yeah. rather get the the fast food of facts, aka so, <laughs> Facebook. Well, you know, I, 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 I even want, I want to do you one better. I don't think we even go that far as the fast food of facts. I think we look for the most entertaining person to feed us those facts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, and, and, that, and that is why I painted that picture in the beginning. I know it sounded like it was unimportant information about, you know, you writing your, your congressman and stuff. But that was to give you that idea that you, your connection to society feels a lot more uh nat- not natural organic than the way we perceive our connection to society now mm-hmm. we may be more connected than more than ever but we are more disconnected than we have ever been in history yeah, and that's one of the most things because like i said back then you used to have like the neighborhood 
Yeah. So yeah. you had the neighborhood. You knew the people at the, the store that you would go to at work. Basically, the area that you were in, you were involved in. So whenever you would hear a newsreel about crime on the rise, you'd be like, well, not here. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. Like, that's not it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not what's going on. Be like, oh, uh, well, you know, whatever. Martinez's kid took a couple of uh, gumballs from fucking the general <laughs> store. You know, like that would be the thing. And they're like, oh, he's going down a mighty wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Yeah, Very like yeah. Andy Griffith type of thing. Yeah, where, like yeah. at the time, law enforcement didn't really carry guns either. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, they just gave Belly you a stern. Yeah, shit, yeah. Like, yeah. gave you a stern talking to, you know. Like, <laughs> now listen up there, Jesse. You're not going to be able to be drinking Lone Star in your underwear out here again. I told you that. <laughs> It's that damn raccoon, Griffin. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was really good. Just, I know I would be flipping out when I, if I would be alive back then. So, it, I wonder. Song. Great. Um, no, I just, I wonder what uh, the modern day equivalent would be of something like that, you know? Ooh. But. That's interesting. Uh, it would be something deep. To, I, to ponder I, off air. I had like that's gonna be edited out, but like a lot of people would be like, "Not eleven. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But definitely gonna edit that out. Yeah, but like I, that's all I could think of. Ma'am, can you stop talking? The mic's off. The mic is really off now. Thanks. The mic's back on. Google. I turned it back on. Sorry. <laughs> See, we started talking about this deep shit, and now, mm-hmm. now it's listening They're to all us. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Jesse's on his shit again. Mm-hmm. They're, They're gonna ban you again. <laughs> He's all. You guys don't know. He actually turns the Alexa on and just starts talking to it. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I hope you liked it. I really do hope you liked it. I I had a lot of fun. Like I said, uh, really inspiring to to kind of try hey, to isn't like pennsylvania thing. like the main thing where like the fbi thing is that is it? <laughs> it's like all the agents they're like hey these guys are good oh god <laughs> i don't know to be honest oh those those uh tiktok reviews were like tell me you're a criminal when <laughs> by not telling me you're a criminal <laughs> and it's the cop like watching the dude do something shady <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i hope you liked it i had a lot of fun with it yeah i did All deep right. state people listening to us appreciate the the views <laughs> Gosh. anyways all right well i think that's gonna wrap up our april fools 2022 episode so hope you guys liked it if you yeah. have uh comments that you'd like to share about any of the stories definitely uh share them on our facebook or instagram posts when this goes up or if you want to send us an email let's chat paranormal at gmail.com and again me and jesse uh have a uh flea market stand over at the highway 90 flea market and we should be setting up again at uh the the reading room botanica for first friday this oh, too yeah. cool too cool so yeah 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 for uh april for first friday we should be there again yes if you guys want terrible art it's really good art i don't know what you're talking about it makes some people sick <laughs> um all right well thank you again guys make sure to stay hydrated love yourself and i love you bye bye bye